Welcome back to another episode of Life with the Lord. I am your host, Gloria, and today sitting with me in this couch is Christine Colby. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Now, you have been teaching this week on biblical worldview, but you've also been working in the topic of community development for many years in missions. And I'm just curious as to how you came to that topic from your personal experience. Okay. Well, I didn't start out first of all in missions, but I did start out working um, in a developing world context many years ago in the early Mm -hmm. 70s. (laughs) And I went to that job with the idea that I understood the culture and I understood their worldview and I understood my job. Mm -hmm. Um, But after serving there for two years, and trying to do what we had been asked to do. And we were brought into that nation to help set up three hospitals and start a nursing school. And working with the people and recognizing that the change that we were asked to bring was not possible because their worldview was blocking them. Mm -hmm. So when I left the nation, I had a question of the Lord, actually more of a statement that God, I don't want to do this anymore unless you show me how. And I don't know what's missing here that people didn't want to change. or They didn't really want this. The government wanted it, but the people didn't. And so the people didn't want to change. Mm. So um, at that time, the Lord gave me a visual um, of trying to get to the root of the problem. And the root of the problem was their worldview because their worldview didn't allow them for that kind of change. Okay, And so... I realized that as trained as I was, mm-hmm. I'm a nurse I, at that time was a nurse by practice and degree, um, and also I I was qualified for the job I was being asked to do, mm-hmm. and I also had a degree in medical anthropology, which looks at how people deal with health and wellness. Wow. Studied the the worldview, understood the culture, but there was a big gap in what I thought I was bringing and what they thought they were receiving. Yeah which that actually is that worldview gap. Mm. And how does community development go into it? Well, if you look at the job description, we mm-hmm. were asked to bring what I'm going to put in quotation marks, which the audience can't see, <laughs> but I would put in quotation marks development because yeah. it was supposed to be bringing hospitals to an underdeveloped area. Mm-hmm. Okay. Underdeveloped in the, infrastructure underdeveloped for the education of the population Hmm. in that kind of sense. Yeah. But um, so the people that did the initial uh, um, evaluation and assessment of what needed to happen Hmm. were people that were um, working from a development context where you're looking at physical infrastructure development, Mm -hmm. but not people development. Oh, okay. And so the people were not at the level that they were trying to bring the infrastructure to. Mm -hmm. And the people didn't want the kind of development that was trying to be encouraged for them to have by their government. So so what I, I saw from that was that even though we had a secure invitation from the government and visas yeah. from the government because that's what they wanted us mm-hmm. to do, we had to spend a lot of time showing the government that's not what the people were ready for because oh. they didn't want the change. 
And so when we talk about community development from our sense, a missional sense, um, a biblical sense, it's moving people towards God's intentions, not the intentions of just structure or infrastructure, Mm -hmm. which you might have in the context of development, but the people have to be the ones that are developed. God God develops us as people, not just buildings around us. Yeah. Yeah. There's this sentence that you said during lectures today um, that you see that every single problem in the world, you see it as a worldview problem. So why do you say this statement? Our worldview holds um, how we see the world, okay. but it also holds how we respond to the issues of the world. Okay. So how we define family, how we define health, how we define wellness, mm-hmm. how we make the def- definitions of what we see, they're all held in our worldview. Yeah. So if we um, come from a worldview that is um, more what I would say a secular Mm-hmm. Or, or naturalistic worldview, where the truth of our world is held in the natural order, mm-hmm. then we might see sickness from a natural cause, like a bacteria or a car accident caused mm-hmm. the problem. But we don't see it from a spiritual force. Yeah. If we come from a worldview that has the spirit world as the center of that world, so an animistic view or Hindu, Buddhist kind of worldview, yeah. then we see our health and our wellness um, by a spiritual force. So if we yeah. get sick, it's from a curse. We yeah. have to find out where the curse comes from in order mm-hmm. to deal with the, the, the issue. If we don't understand that and we come in as a healthcare worker yeah. um, from the opposite worldview, then we don't really understand what a person's going through. Mm-hmm. And the issue, let's say tuberculosis. Okay, so tuberculosis has a slow-growing bacteria. So it has a physical cause. If we look at the dynamics of tuberculosis, it has a slow-growing bacteria. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we if we don't understand it as something that has a cause that you can treat, then what we're going to look at, if we're from a side that believes that the spirit world runs things, is what spirit caused this and what do I have to do to appease the spirit in order that I might have to take a tablet later mm-hmm. that would take care of the problem that I have because the root cause is a spirit problem. Yeah, That's a worldview issue, even mm-hmm. though from the other side of the line, we might think it's a, a physical healthcare issue. Yeah. The healthcare is viewed in the context of the worldview with, with, with which it's held. Mm-hmm. How we view the value of the human being, how we view men and women. Um, if a, a woman has more um, more or equal value to a man yeah. or lesser or, or less value than a man, all of that is a worldview issue. So yeah. to try to bring change to any of those kinds of issues, you have to deal with the worldview. Yeah. Yeah. I see that as like a very important part of the missions, like in my experience as a missionary, but like, I'm sure that you have had many experiences in this case, like with this example that you gave with tuberculosis, but in many other aspects in culture, like depending, because you've traveled quite a bit. (laughs) Yes, I have. (laughs) Yeah. So also like in your experience along the years, because you've been in missions for how long? A long time. A long time. Okay. <laughs> so um, in your experience, how have you seen this community development and like this integration of worldview into the mission field work um, and develop over the years and evolve? Well, I think it, it actually kind of depends on what school of thought you come from. Okay. So if you, you know, in this particular mission, mm-hmm. um, 
Youth of the Mission, we we have people that come from all kinds of backgrounds to join us. Yeah. Sometimes they come from already being educated in this area, which I would often is more of a a secular answer to the whatever they're looking at mm-hmm. um, versus someone that might come from looking at it more from a worldview perspective. Mm-hmm. And we have to put the both together. Yeah. So if you go into a community, for example, that has no water, yeah. okay, that would come under the bigger umbrella of community development, but it's a very specific arena of community technology. Yeah. But even the technology can't be answered without a, a worldview mm-hmm. that goes with it. So here's an example. Okay. So if, and this is from where I worked, but I won't name the country. Yeah. Okay. One of the nations I worked in. It was an animist nation, mm-hmm. which the focus of that country's worldview is uh, with the, the spirit realm as the center of their world. Mm-hmm. And they de- very definitely had water problems. And so they did have a river nearby, quite a, quite a distance nearby. And the river was used for everything from washing the bicycles to washing the cars to gathering water to drink from to bathing to using it as a toilet, everything. Mm-hmm. So, But they also, in their belief system, believe that the water is a spirit and has spirits with it. Oh. So every weekend there would be sacrificed animals and the blood from the animals and the carcasses from the animals also at the riverbank. Okay. And then people are still using that water. Well, from, from a... a secular worldview or a naturalistic worldview, all the blood and all the different people using it for all different sources causes a lot of bacteria in the water. And that's why people get sick. Mm -hmm. From their point of view, they get sick if the water spirit is causing them to get sick, not from whatever else is going in the water. So the Western worker might come into the community and did and wanted to put a well. Well, the people didn't want a well. Mm. And then when the well was put in, the well was capped, which is a community technology model so Mm. that they can't contaminate the water. But the people saw it as no way to sacrifice to the water spirits that were in the water. Okay. Okay. That's a water, that's a a worldview issue, even Mm. though you think it's a water issue. It's a water issue from one worldview. It's a spiritual issue from the other view. Oh my gosh. So you have to understand the worldview in order to work with the problem. Mm. And then you teach from their worldview perspective in order for them to see how to solve the problem. Wow. So that's why I say you have to have both. You can't do one or the other. You can put the well there and you can travel all over the world, which I've, I haven't traveled the whole world, but I've traveled a lot of it. Mm. And you can see broken wells, wells that are not used um, for various reasons. And usually it's, they'll they'll say, oh, the, the other workers put it in or yeah. the... That team put it in. It's their well. It doesn't belong to us. It's capped. We can't sacrifice for the water. Or somebody raises money, puts the well in for an impoverished community. Something breaks and the community has no ability to fix it. Yeah. And they don't have any ability to see that they need to fix it because mm-hmm. it belo- the well belongs to somebody else. So all of that comes together into the worldview. Wow. Wow. What a pity that there's so much money and so much effort put into like helping communities, but the fact that we do not stop and think in the way that they think, in the way that their world is like based around, brings not only not change for good, but even more complications or like them not feeling like they're validated or mm-hmm. that people came actually to to help them. 
But have you seen any kind of yeah evolution in in this sense of like workers coming to help into this? countries and well, trying to understand their worldview before or do you think that is still an issue that needs to be addressed and taught in mission schools all over the world well i do think it's an issue that needs to be thought not just to mission schools but mm. i mean really for anybody working in a in a context that's not your own yeah but um again if i look back when i first started I went and I just thought, I'm going to an impoverished community that wants hospitals. If I can just be the best nurse I can be and the best teacher I can be, they will want change. Yeah. And what I realized from that is, no, that's it's not that they want change, it's that their worldview doesn't look for that. Yeah. And so if we can even understand that, if this is maybe before before we're thinking of it from a biblical point of view, but mm -hmm. if we can even think what worldview do they come from and how do they view what they're doing, yeah. then um, that will be a big help. But for us in the missions context, we do try to help people before they go, hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> understand that the context they're walking into is going to be different from their own. Yeah. And they have to try to understand it from God's perspective and not just their own. Mm. And that's a little bit harder than just um, because we all are ethnocentric, which means we think that our culture is the best, our thinking is the best, mm. and we just need to bring that culture somewhere else. And if we don't capture how we bring change, then, then we're going to bring the wrong thing in. Yeah, And so if we... We take a step back and see how does God deal with each one of us. Um, when we come to the Lord, right before we come to the Lord, we might think we're okay or we <laughs> think certain things of us are off. We come to the Lord, we recognize a lot of what we think is not in alignment with what God thinks about us. Yeah. And God has a lot um, because he loves each of us and he values each of us and he sees our brokenness and in spite of our brokenness has given his life for us. Yeah. He wants to see us come to wholeness. If we can look at other people in the same way, not that we have the right answers for them, but that God has the right answers for mm. them, then we can bring that answer. And then really when, when I go into a community, okay, my, I feel like my first role is out of an intercessor. So I'm asking the Lord what yeah. he wants to do and how he wants to do it. But I'm also, if I can see that someone comes to the Lord and I can help them hear God, they can hear from God what they need to do to change their community. They don't mean need me to do that. Mm -hmm. They mean me to walk with them and maybe give some expertise, but they can hear God as much as I can. Mm -hmm. And they can hear from God what needs to be changed and how. Yeah. So like also empower the individuals that are there and that have already yeah. grown up also in that culture and in that worldview and like leave that transformation that comes through the Holy Spirit. That is that is so good. And so what are the main differences for people that are not used to like talking about worldview and like is the first time that they're hearing about this? What are the main differences between animistic, naturalistic or secular and the biblical worldview? Okay. Well, generally speaking, this is so this is very general. Okay. But if you have um views that have the spirit world as the center of their world, they're run by that spirit world. Mm. 
mm-hmm. whatever that is, okay, or whoever they think is in that spirit world circle. Mm-hmm. On the animistic view, the center of that world is usually mankind or self. Mm-hmm. And so they think they have the answers or they need to be trained for the answers. But when we're looking at a biblical worldview, God is the center of that world. Yeah. And he has made, he has created everything. He's created us and he gives um, a way for us to work with his creation. Mm-hmm whether it be human or environmental. But um, but when we put ourselves over God yeah. in that sense, mm-hmm. we think we know better about what needs to be or we're trained to... I'm putting some of this in quotation marks, but yeah. the audience can't see that. <laughs> but if we think we know better, then we do what we think needs to happen instead of what God would say mm-hmm. needs to happen in a community yeah. or with an individual. Mm-hmm. And if... If all of us would look back to our own lives, again, when did we come to the Lord? We can see that um, in the course of our relationship with God, we've grown and changed according to what God saw. And maybe we didn't see that at the time. Yeah. And so God helps us see those things so we can grow and develop into what he intended for our lives to start with. Mm-hmm. And for our listeners back at home, like what are some ways in which they can be challenged and they can be thinking about, hey, do I have a secular or um, naturalistic kind of uh, worldview? Do I have an animistic worldview? Or how do I grow in the biblical worldview? How do I, yeah, how do I get to know more about how God sees the world? Okay, so all of us no matter how long you've known the Lord or you don't know the Lord at all, but all of us come from a cultural perspective yeah. and the worldviews that we grow up in. Mm-hmm. So our worldviews are shaped by our our parents. They're shaped by our education. They're shaped by the worldview of the nation that we mm-hmm. are raised up in. They're um, shaped by what we watch in terms of movies and music. All of that helps shape our worldview. Yeah. And If you just do a quick think on that real second, you don't have to think more than a a second to think that Mm -hmm. most of that is not in alignment with what God wants. Yeah. And so um, when we become believers, um, I like to say that as a believer, I don't want to live in my culture, but I'm trying to learn how to live in the culture of the kingdom, which is an entirely different culture. So if you just look at it as moving into a new nation and you have to learn the culture of that nation, um, it's kind of like that. So it's not difficult to see that the thinking that we have is not in alignment with God. Mm. But again, because of our often our own pride or our own ethnocentricity, we think that, okay, I'm okay with the way I think. Mm. And we try to conform God to our thinking instead of us being conformed to his. Mm. And so I think when we when we're trying to see, for example, Um, A big area that I often talk about when I teach is the value of the individual, Mm -hmm. okay? Because all of us are valued, again, by our cultures. And so if you have a culture that only values if you're producing a lot or achieving a lot, or you have a certain place in society Mm -hmm. that makes you a valuable individual, um, or if if you're in a uh, situation where the other kind of... Worldviews where you have to sacrifice a lot and you're not valuable unless you do that. Yeah. But before God, we're valuable because we're creating his image. Mm. Before God, he created us and he said that he loves us. Yeah. And and not only has he made many statements about that, if you read his word, mm. but he um, came, comes to the point that to underline that value, if you want to talk about it that way, mm-hmm. is that 
he, Jesus, in, in the, play, the role that he takes by coming in the incarnation, takes all of our pain and our shame and our sin to the cross mm. to give his life for us so that we can have relationship because of that value that yeah. we have. And that's not earned. Yeah. We haven't earned it. We haven't got a degree for it. We haven't sacrificed for it. It's given. Yeah. And that's a different kind of perspective mm. that we have to, to gain. And we often don't see that perspective. So when we, even as believers, we still function out of the worldview we come from. So we still somehow feel like we have to earn what's just been freely given. Mm. Or we have to sacrifice for what's been freely given. Yeah. And that's not the case before God. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So to dig deep, deeper, um, and in a yeah, in a practical way, like diving into the the Word of God, I think is key, right? To get to know Him more, or to like go deeper into intimacy with Him. Would you say? Yeah. So, um, what I like to encourage people to do with the Word is not just to read it lightly, mm-hmm. but to really study the context of the Word. Yeah. Then when you're reading the Scripture. What's the implications of what the word is saying? And then how do we apply it to our lives? Mm. So, for example, when God says he's the redeemer, what does that mean for us? And how do we live that out? Mm. When God says that he says we're valuable or he calls us his treasured possession or the one that he's redeemed, what does that mean for us that we can actually put feet to the words that God gives to us? Mm -hmm. But a lot of times... um, People don't read the Bible in depth. They read it for comfort or they read it for different reasons. But the word is given to us for us to grow and live by. Mm -hmm. And so it really means that we have to spend time in it, not just surface, but really dive into the word. And I do always try to encourage people to make a plan for yourself. There's there's a lot of plans available Mm -hmm. electronically, um, prayer diaries, there's a lot of ways to make sure that you discipline yourself to be in the word, mm. but then also to to study the word yeah. and to see what it means and then to see how am I living out these yeah. things that God says? Yeah. Or do I really believe these things that God says? And when we don't, we have to say, Lord, show me your truth because yeah. here I see it in your word, but I don't see it in reality yeah. if that's one of the issues. Yeah. Wow. No, definitely... I think this conversation and your previous lecture also has left me quite convicted in like, what do I believe about what God says about me and how much my own cultural worldview and yeah, how much it affects me in the way that I see God as well. So thank you so much for responding to all of these questions, for bringing this topic up uh, for the podcast and yeah, For the listeners back home, we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you so much.